Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. You can call me by my Gruvessa name this time, which is M. Ark. There's a little didn't, apostrophe in there. Didn't we do real town names at Yeah, one yeah, but that was so long ago. Who can remember such names? They're so a long. A true town would. <laughs> oh, God. They, they would know their name, Mark. <laughs> Are you not a town? Oh, Anyways, uh, joining us today is... Uh, Logan, Logan. <laughs> and Corbin and Corbin. It was a 50 50 shot. <laughs> yeah, really. Whether or not I got the names. <laughs> you did just meet them 10 minutes ago. Yeah, so yeah. it's fine. There's a moment yeah. where I was a little concerned. <laughs> it's actually L apostrophe Ogan. Yeah. L Ogan. No, Corbin. Cor apostrophe B. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Um,. Welcome to Lorehammer. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to the the podcast. You guys just met Mark and yeah, yeah, a couple games. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and then they invited me over again for some reason, and then I I bailed because we got lost in the mountains together. So that was nice. That's cute. Yeah, not so the I, first time. Yeah. I, I I thought they might stand us up today because you know <laughs> Kitty, they showed up there. We had we had such a good time in the mountains. I just ended up taking off all my clothes. It's true. I that part. Just the fresh air made you do that? Yeah, it was just it's really refreshing being on the top of the mountain. You yeah. Know. Dick flapping. <laughs> well, I didn't go that Okay, well, I did. I'd conquer this mountain. <laughs> Waving in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. <laughs> So the first thing we're going to talk about real quick is uh, the Liber Malleus. Um, I know I talked about it a little bit last episode, um, but yeah, we're going to open up the next campaign. So the concept is we, we're doing a Lorehammer official chapter, Space Marine chapter, um, and really we just want to collect one company where 
our listeners can buy a model, name it, and write a backstory for it, and be a part of like this uh, Lorehammer chapter that we're building. So the first campaign that we released, I wrote a little bit of backstory here. I'm just going to re- uh, read it for you. And it's called the Drax Initiative. The Drax system, it, or in the Drax system, Imperial forces were having a hard time catching and defeating Dark Eldar raiding parties. Tactical Squad 3 and 6, Assault Squad 8, and Devastator Squad 11 of the first company were quickly formed and sent to repel the, uh, the raiders. The task force was successful in catching and eliminating the threat and were awarded with the Campage badge, Quick Strike, a yellow circle with a black lightning bolt through it. Uh, and basically, I wrote that like uh, they're the quickest to respond there in the first campaign, the lightning bolt at speed. Mm. Um, yeah, so we ended up selling like 40 guys and four vehicles for that. And uh, I have a little touch more work to do as of right now. But by the time this episode is out, they'll be done. Uh, so we'll post pictures of that. Um, they're very cool looking there. They're yeah, nice. they're they're nice. They're Bases nice. are great. Nameplates are on there, and yeah, people can see their individual models that yeah. they purchased. So and I'm I'm gonna maybe try and see if I can send everyone that contributed an individual pick. I gotta rummage through like hundreds of emails. <laughs> so if I find you, great. If I don't, just check it out on Facebook. It's gonna be I'm still gonna yeah, post well, every individual model on Facebook on Instagram. And yeah, everything. absolutely. So, um, if I don't reach out to you by email, just know there's thousands of emails in her inbox. And I just, I, I couldn't be bothered. It's tough to search sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're opening up campaign two. So uh, campaign two is the defense of Grya. A distress signal from the world of Grya, a popular recruiting world for the Liber Malleus, has fallen under threat from a pack of Rakgul marauders. The chapter is not willing to lose such a vital resource and is sending their best. One Terminator squad... Uh, Tactical Squad 4 and 5, Scout and Scout Squad 12, are being gathered, and their plan is simple. Use the scouts to set up their teleporter beacons and monitor as much ground as possible. When the Marauders have been spotted, the Terminators will teleport in and destroy the threat. Tactical Squads will be sent to populated areas to protect the civilians. So that's your mission. So if you want to be a part of that campaign, um, get a hold of us on... um, This is going to be released on the 15th. So I'm opening it up on the 16th. Yeah. Um, get a hold of us through email, um, Instagram, Facebook, even on our Discord, however you want to do it. Um, and then we'll, I'll send you like a link and whatever. You can follow all the steps. It's pretty straightforward. But yeah, so basically we're going to be selling 10 Terminators, 2 Land Raiders, 20 Tactical Marines, 2 Rhinos, 10 Scouts, and 2 Land Speeder Storms. So that's going to be in the second company or the second campaign. And uh, yeah, that's kind of that. So Hop on it quick. We sold out our first campaign. I think it was just over a week. It was under 10 days. So It was very quick, yeah. Get on it quick because, yeah, those 10 Terminators are going to be gone the first day. I guarantee it. They're, they're going to be gone. Yeah. Um, but then that just means uh, if you miss that one, we'll do another campaign. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I have five planned yeah. to, to collect the entire first company. So, yeah, so uh, go check out all the Instagram, all that kind of stuff if you want to see pictures, if you want to be a part of that. And then also, if you're in the first campaign and you haven't written your backstory for your model yet, um, yeah, like, that that's awesome. I'm looking forward to getting more of those um, in because eventually, yeah, we'd love to kind of do, like, a uh, little book or little something. Little book, little pamphlet or something like that with everyone's backstory and a picture of their model and all that kind of cool stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, cool. The Libra Malleus lives. 
Yes. Once again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just thanks to the gosh darn coronavirus, it just took a minute oh, to get everything. I literally waited like three and a half months for bases and nameplates, and it yeah. only took me like. I don't know, like two or three weeks to paint up all those miniatures. So yeah, like, it could have been much faster uh, for sure. Yeah. But it's not our fault. That's all I'm trying to say. No, no, no. <laughs> don't blame us. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, today's episode is uh, about the Tau. Yes, sir. It's about the Farsight Expedition. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you guys know everything and all there is to know about the Tau. Mm-hmm. Being our resident Tau experts now. <laughs> yeah. That's... You will now be taking over this episode for That us. was how Mark convinced me. He's like, look, Eric, I know we don't like um, other people on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never once have we enjoyed yeah. another person. No, no, no. And he's like, but these guys are straight up Tau experts. And I said, great. I don't have to do any research. I don't know anything about this. So... I'm really hoping you guys pick up the slack. <laughs> we'll no. try. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start uh, with our last Tau episode. We called it Tau Between Spheres. Oh, yeah. I guess I got slides I could uh, shimmy on over. Oh, Libra Malleus. We missed what it. What a surprise. Oh, okay, Is one. that you still used Comic Sans? I don't know, man. Is I that just... really what we're reduced to? I'm not qualified for much more than just rambling on a mic. It's, so. it's funny because there's really only one font you can't use, and it's Comic Sans. Is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty great. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. you got to get Times New Roman for the screen. Ah. It's a lot crisper. Yeah. Ah. There's like a gothic one, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like Trajan. Yeah. I would have accepted Wingding <laughs> over Comic Sans, really. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe maybe by the time we reach the fifth campaign. <laughs> um, yeah, today, though, uh, let's talk about the Taubasween spheres really, really quickly. Um, so between the second and third spheres of expansion, there's a time gap of around 299 years by Imperial record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that time, the Tau race experienced four major growing pains. So the first was the Imperial Retribution, which they called the Damocles Crusade. Yeah. Um, the second was the uh, ill-fated Farsight Expedition. Third was High Fleet Gorgon. And then fourth was the Great War of Confederation. And then in that episode, Tau Between Spheres, we talk about Damocles Crusade, uh, mm-hmm. High Fleet Gorgon, and the Great War, but we purposefully skipped over Farsight. Farsight's such a cool guy. Yeah, well, it's just, it's it's a lot to unpack in this episode, and um, so today we're going to learn about the Farsight Exhibition, but we're not really going to do Farsight himself. No. That's the big thing here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we figured we should probably read a book about him. Yeah. Uh, Before we do, like, a character dra- dive. <laughs> yeah. into probably him. a good idea. Yeah. 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 We it, can bullshit pretty well, but, yeah. you know. So so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about him, but it's mainly going to be the actions of the Farsight Expedition as a whole yeah. and then just the consequences of that entire yeah. mishap. I don't know how else to... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Not a good time for the Tau Empire, for sure. So let's start off talking about the man himself, the Tau himself, Farsight. Uh, one of the greatest Tau commanders, Shas O. Valor Shova Case Montara or Oshova, or Commander Farsight. Um, I, I'm going to be saying his full name every time. Every time. Every time, because I respect the guy. <laughs> Do um, you? Put yeah. some respect on his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. 
Uh, his name is known throughout the entire Tao Empire and is often used as a cautionary tale. Uh, if even that, it's also not even talked about. Yeah, like, it might even just be anymore, ignored, put yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of an unspeakable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like almost Spoken taboo to yeah. say it the and to talk about it. Kind of stamped it out. Tried to <laughs> keep it real hush hush about him. Yeah. But at a young age, uh, Farsight proved himself a worthy warrior and was selected and trained by the legendary commander Pyrtide. So at one point, he was like this up-and-coming prominent uh, hero of the Tau Empire. Uh, Farsight's first and greatest victories were won in the whew, the Arkanasha War, where he had a small Tau force and were able to eliminate a huge orc threat. This was uh, only the start of his illustrious career. Yeah, but that's really, I think, where he... <laughs> began to make a name for himself. Yeah, that's where he actually got the name, like, Farsight from. Yeah, how great he was able to outmaneuver the mm-hmm. orcs and just plan way a- ahead of them, so. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where he, the, the Ethereals, like, propped him up. Yeah. As, like, the hero. Of the Tau Empire. Yeah. 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 So then, um, we go into the Farsight expedition. In the aftermath mm. of the Damocles Crusade, the Tau Empire was left reeling with a new understanding and perspective of the Imperium of Man. In the wake of these defeats, Ethereal Unva convinced the Ethereal Supreme Unwei that the Unwei? Ah, Wei, we, I don't know. Unwei. Unwei. That the only way to reinforce the Tau Empire of their purity of purpose in the greater good was to reclaim those planets lost to their aggressors. So the Imperium... So the Tau go, they attack the Imperium, try to take a bunch of worlds. Then the Imperium come back in the Damocles Crusade, attack them, and then are defeated. And now the Tau are going back to try to take, retaken, retaken planets. Yeah, I think it was like a huge blow to morale to find that they were so severely outgunned and out, <laughs> outplayed in the Damocles Crusade. And, yeah. You know, if your entire race is built around the greater good and the belief that the greater good conquers all than to lose uh, could probably put some strain (laughs) on your it was like a war of reclaiming their honor yeah Yeah, yeah for sure yeah so they decide to launch a new expedition with commander farsight at its head the ethereal council committed heavily to this expedition using many resources to outfit ships and create a large fleet for the tau yeah, I, it doesn't. I tried to find exactly how big the fleet was. Yeah, but they don't. I I couldn't find that, hmm. unfortunately. But you you just imagine for what the Tau can do. Like if they say a large fleet, mm-hmm. how much really is that? Three ships. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Thirty guys. But I, I I have to I have to think it must be more than what the Imperium committed in the Damocles Crusade. Because if mm. they were like, hey, if that put us down and we need to beat them we need something bigger than that so that's just that's my own logic is that it must be more than what the imperium did before Mm -hmm. but anyways um so the beginnings of the expedition actually went very well uh and what many of the worlds previously taken by the imperium during the damocles crusade were once again rejoined to the tau empire oh thank goodness yeah uh so all is well (laughs) (laughs) for now the, oh no, foreshadowing. <laughs> the victories only reinforced the Tau belief in Commander Farsight. Yeah. Uh, and news of the conquest was eagerly shared back in the Tau Empire, uh, proof that the greater good would eventually conquer mm. everything. So in the beginning, it was kind of all like sunshine and roses <laughs> for them. 
Yeah, and then they had this little dark spot, and now they're back at sunshine and roses. Yeah, exactly. Great, good wins. Yeah, that's. But I mean, there is a reason. So, because Farsight found that many of the Imperium's defenses were preoccupied, uh, high fleets were just <laughs> well, they were just beginning to break into Imperial space at this point. So the Imperium's like, well, we need space marines to deal with Tyranids, not mm-hmm. Petty Tau. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because a, a lot of the defenses were pulled away from that area. They were effectively unchallenged. Sure, uh, it's like I don't want to pull away from Farsight because he is like a tactical genius. Yeah, like he's described as like one of the best commanders in the whole galaxy. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pure tide, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like I don't want to take away from him, but I think he was able to do this with like extraordinarily little losses. Yeah, I think that was one of the like key things for him is that he's able to get away like amazingly hmm. in this. So yeah. it's the same thing with what he did against the orcs. Like with when fighting the orcs, he managed to have these huge victories with minimal casualties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's one thing uh, that's always described about Farsight is that like he actually values every Tau life under him and he never, he never sacrifices a Tau unit. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He, he's also has like people underneath him, um, like an inner circle, yeah. Even even in this case, and I I don't think that's normal. Like I don't think most Tau view like have that advisory inner circle for commanders. I don't know. It seemed no, odd yeah, for yeah. him, yeah, like, that he has like a trusted circle around him of other people just pulled from his army. Sure. So, and I think he like that's a different thing for him is that they and their loyalty seems to lie much more heavily to him. Mm-hmm than it does to the ethereals yeah. that command him. So yeah. it just he runs a very different feeling in his army is, yeah. is what it looks like. So Yeah. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um so it was he's effectively unchallenged in the beginning. Um until uh it met the largest orc fleet they'd ever encountered by the the Tau Empire. Uh, and it was so large, they initially thought it was just an asteroid belt. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's just oh, so many of those. That's nice. What are they called? Space, space hulks? hulks? Yeah. <laughs> just so many space hulks that they're just like, wow, just avoid the asteroid field. And then they realize it's just ah, it's an it's orc at us. <laughs> empire. So, yeah, there's uh, this orc empire, Al Santa, is um, what it's called. And... They, they found out very quickly <laughs> that these orcs were also taking advantage of the lack of an imperial presence, of Imperium presence, and they were also just raiding these Tau worlds at will, and yeah. also the Imperial worlds. So. Yeah. Oh, those poor worlds. Just <laughs> Yeah. Well, first you get the Tau in the second, and yeah. then the humans take it back in Damocles, and then these guys are coming back and they take them, and then the orcs are raiding them, and... It's just not a good time. Generations of <laughs> planetary warfare. <laughs> so, so I'm not like I don't know the worlds out on this fringe of the galaxy. Yeah, are any of them like not important? No, no. Are they mostly like no. agro worlds and no, stuff like that? Well, let's get down to the honest truth. It's Tau, it's Tau so yeah. nothing is really important. Well, <laughs> well, but know. for the Imperium, th- like these worlds probably yeah. aren't like. No, like there's not like Fenris here. Or, yeah. Like, there's nothing. Uh, yeah. There's no notable planet yeah. besides. Um, nothing. It's like on the very fringe there. So I feel like the Imperium doesn't really care about losing these in comparison to this 
New Tyranid invasion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's in an area of space called the Damocles Gulf, mm-hmm. which is like a sparsely kind of hard-to-navigate area in the first place, too. Okay. So there's not really a lot going on in that area of space anyways. So, mm. yeah. yeah. There's... Was... Sorry, no, man, go ahead. I was just wondering, is this on the uh, side of the Tau Empire that's actually near Mandragora, the Sautek dynasty uh, homeworld? So it's Tau or is this on, like, the other side and of then... it? Like, the Sotek dynasty kind of stretches, like, to the northeast of it. And yeah. the Damocles Gulf is on the Like, to western. the west side. Okay, so it's on the other Galactic side of the empire. West. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... Um, I don't think it's near Mandragora at all. Um, yeah. Necron dynasties are crazy because they stretch the entirety of the galaxy. Yeah, they're just everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everything's a tomb world, right? Basically. <laughs> but... Uh, Mars is possibly a tomb world. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fighting yeah. words. Ah, here's a picture. Ah, look at all these planets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's really nothing. There. Yeah, there's Tau, Tau, and Damocles Grove to the left of it. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of to the left and up, right? The northwestern area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compared to the rest of them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love seeing this. So have you seen the? <laughs> have you seen the new cover for one of the core rule books for ninth? No. It's very cool. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be like an abstract um, galactic map, and it just has, mm-hmm. they describe it as the Imperial Spheres of Influence. So they just have like a bunch of spheres all over, and then just tendrils reaching up, and they just represent all the Xenos threats. And, oh, cool. Yeah, it's very black and white, and has like gold on it, and it's 10 out of 10. And is this the like limited edition one yeah. that comes in the box? Then? I don't the think one it's, that it's comes not in the box. The box is the one that has comes in the, the box has a... artwork of Gilliman and Abaddon fighting. Yeah, mm. why? I don't know. Why? <laughs> I just... why? Why not put it like a Necron on there at least? Yeah, I Wait, don't. It's not even a Necron. It's not no. even a Necron. No, <laughs> Abaddon is the. He's yeah. like the. I don't see cha- it. A, uh, captain of the uh, Black Legion. Mm. Like so, he's chaos. Yeah, see, I don't know much about Imperium at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I, I just saw, like, a, a small little thing of the new one, and yeah, I just... Ten out of ten. Okay. I'm, I'm here for that. Um, anyways, back to... <laughs> back to Tao. So, uh, this next little section, uh, it's going to be f- the Farsight Expedition engaging with this orc asteroid belt-sized uh, empire. So, instead of continuing his main directive to reclaim the world's lost uh, to the Damocles Crusade... Farsight decided to engage and eliminate the threat of orcs uh, before him. So they had also taken to the advantage of the lack of imperial presence, raiding and looting across many worlds. And yeah. this was uh, what Farsight's doing is in direct violation of the ethereals that had traveled with him. Um, and it's apparently the first recorded uh, incidents of a Tau ever disobeying an order from the ethereal council. Interesting. It's almost like the Ethereals actually don't have mind control yeah. ability, and it's all just mm. indoctrination, and that like you can actually say no to an Ethereal. I think his helmet was off. Oh shit! So. Ah yes, <laughs> he yes. hadn't taken his pills that long. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the yeah. problem of was. Course. He didn't take his soma that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I, yeah. We all know that um, strong enough will can break psychic control, Mark. So <laughs> well, that yeah, yeah. doesn't hold up. Interesting. Okay. And Farsight is. He's definitely a strong-willed character. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. Um, 
So he sees this orc asteroid belt fleet, and he makes a plan to destroy it uh, with the help of Air Cast Admiral Kor O Lee Mao Tang. Ooh. And while it, it was a, apparently a very decisive Tau victory, uh, a large portion of the orc army managed to escape. I mean, if it's the size of an asteroid belt, yeah. you can kill three quarters and there's still enough to ravage and the it's entire. St- and yeah. it's still a large portion. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. yeah. Um, so he insisted on chasing down this like beleaguered orc force. Uh, hoping to be rid of it because I mean he's he's fought orcs before so he yeah. knows how it, terrible it the it's his kind of old enemy and that's why he yeah. Yeah. diverted his crusade to fight the orcs instead yeah yeah and, and I think yeah it's definitely he's feeling some flashbacks to the Arkunasha uh, and he's like no you got to get rid of it if you don't deal with the orc threat they're just, just gonna come back exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll be back and in greater numbers. Mm-hmm. So, so he actually began a decades-long war uh, against the Greenskins, and it and it spanned a decent number of star systems. That's wild. Too. So, yeah, it, it's a pretty big thing that this turned into because hmm. there was just such a massive orc presence. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so during this chase across the Vorak belt, Farsight eventually encountered the war chief of this uh, empire. His name is Grog Iron Teeth. Nice. Classic. 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 I like to think that he actually, like... He's got, like, some kind of grill. Yeah. He, <laughs> every time he, like, grows a new set of teeth, he just dips them in iron. Like, they yeah. just pour iron in his mouth and cover it. Gurgles it for a bit. Yeah, and then he can just chomp people with iron teeth. He's um, like Jaws from uh, James Bond. <laughs> metal teeth oh boy now i have to google that okay <laughs> you haven't seen him? no when uh when the tau fleet actually engaged iron teeth himself he split his own force in half mm-hmm. and withdrew to two you got sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh my god i love it okay. classic Okay. Uh, so he split his own force in half, and he withdrew to two nearby planets, half to Atarivo and the other half to Arthas Moloch. And that's like, this is kind of the turning point for Farsight. He has to make a decision whether he wants to engage, you know, everything, or if he wants to pull back and well, not split up his force, sure. but instead continue on doing what he's doing. So, yeah. You know, he does what he does, and he lands on Atari Vo. <laughs> so, and which was a Tau world, and I think that's what really pulled him. Okay. Sure. There first was just the fact that there were actually Tau people on the planet. And yeah. Feeling the need to defend them because he knew the Ethereals just didn't seem to care about it for some reason. Hmm. So. Um, what sort yeah. of populace was on uh, Arthas Moloch? I don't. I couldn't find it. It. Um, I don't know. I, if it, I, I, from older editions, older codexes, yeah. I know this lore has changed a little bit, but it was described as just like a dead world. Oh, okay. So I so don't know. Just maybe, nothing. Yeah. Maybe that is kind of slightly changed, but yeah. Should read the Farsight book, hey? No. I refuse. I refuse to learn, <laughs> and no. I definitely refuse to read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Audiobooks? <laughs> that, that's the learning, though. So. Oh, true. That's, yeah. that's the learning yeah. part yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't like either of those two. Yeah. Yeah. So so he lands on Atari Vo and he begins a ground defense of the planet. Um so his intention was to rally the defenders and push back the the greenskin tide yeah. and redeem himself self in the face of his Arkunasha war failures. So I had I had a little bit of a weird thing. So the first when I read the Arkunasha war, yeah. it was a resounding victory for mm-hmm. Farsight. 
And then when I was reading about this, the orc empire of Alsanta and him going with it, apparently he was like depressed over his failures or he felt like a need to redeem himself. And it directly referenced to the Arkunasha war. Yeah. So I think there must've been something to happen in the Arkunasha that I just couldn't find. So either like one of those I think is wrong. Either yeah. there was failures for him in the Arkunasha War, or he wasn't actually needing to redeem himself for anything, yeah. and he just wanted to continue his fight. I have no or idea. Or it, it could be that the, the Arkunasha War was a victory to an extent for the Tau, but the Ethereals kind of propagandized it to make it seem much bigger than it is and oh, make yeah, yeah. Farsight a sort of hero. Whereas, well, he was actually there. He knows that it's not as great a victory, Mm. and he could have had unnecessary losses. And yeah, yeah, like he could have had losses in his own his own army there. Yeah, like like you were saying earlier, like that they kind of have, or he was kind of different, where he had an inner circle ish type thing. Yeah, and maybe he lost some. Some people that some good town. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah, it's very possible. I never really. Um, I never really considered the propaganda level of it, but <laughs> for sure. So we know the Ethereals do like that. Yeah. 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 Um, it is thought that one of the main reasons he res- uh, pursued the... Oh. Yeah, we kind of just said that. <laughs> Words. Yeah. Uh, he quickly shown the arrows of his way when Iron Teeth sent asteroids hurling down on Atari Vo, killing millions of Tau. When the Greenskins finally landed, Farsight was so overwhelmed that he was saved only due to the actions of the Aircast fleet. Providing enough cover fire or cover to force the Greenskins back, Farsight decided to force the Greenskins or follow the Greenskins and subsequently 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 led his forces into a trap, further allowing more of his comrades to die. Yeah, it's this is like kind of the beginning of a string of failures yeah, for Farsight. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like uh, when you read it in the codexes, like you don't hear any of the failure stuff. You no. only read the success. Yeah. But e- yeah. Even like in the Farsight Codex, it doesn't talk about his failures either. You only find that in the novels. Hmm. So in, in the book, in the codexes, it only talks about how amazing of a commander <laughs> yeah, yeah. he is. So yeah. it, it's odd to read the like the lexicanum entries for these things and do research on it and find the failures and then reconcile that with the hero mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you read in in the codex. Yeah. Personally I, I really like the hero way better than I like depressed failed farsight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kinda crazy. Like the more I read about it, the more I was just like, I don't like he's he's not good. You I'm know? like, no, he's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I was like this Why? guy's terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it it kind of felt in this was like his turning point when like he must not have ever been around too much death because this really like affected him. It's like the idea that someone would just send asteroids raining down on a planet mm. really kind of hit him hmm. hard. Yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah. May, and like in war, he he's probably not used to it, but his 
people that are fighting dying. Sure. They're going to war. They know what they're getting yeah, into. Yeah, he knows. This is just an asteroid just that's crashing civilians. into civilians. Millions of them. And he's watching millions of his own people die. Yeah, and what are you supposed to do against an asteroid shower yeah. against your planet, you right? There's, there's not much if you yeah. don't have massive batteries or defense things to take them out. He's so. probably, probably, I feel like at this point he's letting his, his pride hmm. of wanting to stop these works get in the way of his because he was one of the best tactical tau out there yeah under uh the other guy pure tide yeah pure tide thanks um but now he's just wandering into traps trying to chase orcs because yeah yeah, i think his pride's just too big at this point yeah it's letting it kind of cloud his judgment on like sound tactical plans Mm -hmm. and he's just chasing them you notice that too actually um at one point in um later in this thing he's gonna kind of go through a weird change Mm -hmm. and you see like a lot of difference in his tactics as well so Mm -hmm. that's like a good point he's i feel like he's getting introduced to war on a larger scale here and and that's kind of like the metamorphosis he's going through is understanding that war is fought so differently than how he had previously Mm -hmm. done it so i don't know I also think that, so at this point in, in on the Lexicanum, it won't it won't tell you about how he's mad at the Ethereals, but in the Codex, it will tell you that he's mad at the Ethereals right yeah. now. So he's in he's on his expedition. He's trying to fight, uh, get rid of this threat to the largest orc fleet they've ever encountered. Yeah, yeah. the threat. Like, what's the point of reclaiming all these worlds if all of a sudden, as soon as they go back, and they're instantly destroyed by this orc empire so he's trying to get rid of it and he's asking for resources and more uh, reinforcements yeah and they deny him over and over and over again and so he's super super frustrated yeah and yeah he really begins to resent the ethereal presence uh with him at this point and this is really where uh all of his advisors this is where I noticed like the big difference is that all of them stood with him and agreed that the ethereals weren't treating them in the way that they should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of that was like a, a weird turning point for me. It's like, oh, not only does he like kind of shirking the authority of the ethereals, but also his trusted people are. So, yeah. and that it shows me that the loyalty there lies more with him than it ever did with the ethereals it's just different yeah. i think mm-hmm. i don't yeah. think that's normal for tau like even the start of this it's it's very different like uh you were kind of saying when we we're doing our notes like do you think this is actually the third sphere of expansion and it's like well no it's weird like so they send him on his way to go recapture a bunch of stuff they make a huge fleet but it's not a new expansion showing like they don't really back him or believing him to in the first place yeah and then they keep following up by not giving him more resources but demanding more and more of yeah them. yeah like it's it's a very weird very different than the way town normally expand mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't follow the second or third at all yeah i mean the first you can't is really hard to judge because that was like a 1500 year yeah, yeah. sphere yeah, right yeah. It was the kind of starting of their expansion of an yeah, empire. yeah yeah but it the second and third have very there's very strong themes and like the even entire... the fourth and the fifth and the sixth like it's very clear like they like the ethereals come out make some grand gesture like we're going on this new sphere of expansion like but this one yeah it just seemed like go do this like it was very 
unceremonial. Yeah, like they put the they put all their faith in Farsight, and they were like, "You're expected to work miracles now." Yeah, and we're not giving you any tools to do it. With. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And I always yeah. thought maybe like if this had gone differently, would they have made this their third sphere? I, and I truly think so. Like if it was a, more of a success, and mm. he didn't go off and chase the orcs and yeah, etc. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe it would have been. Yeah. Or would he have even created his own enclaves if he was getting the support that he was mm-hmm. requesting? Yeah. yeah. That I so yeah, we're going to get into it later definitely. <laughs> yeah. But um if they had sent reinforcements, they would have sent ethereals with them. Yeah. And then the chances of him being without an ethereal presence would have been way less mm-hmm. and there would have been a less chance for him to have his moment of rebellion or whatever. So I, I think it <laughs> definitely it would have changed <laughs> if they if the Tao Empire had been willing to commit Support more. Him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely in in that field, but yeah, it's tough because I because read the greater good never. No. <laughs> uh, not because the greater good's done nothing wrong ever. Right, <laughs> never once. That's what's tough never. about it. Mm-hmm. So the, the race se- that shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn pop truths. <laughs> that was an accident. So <laughs> you sound like an ethereal. <laughs> a grave accident. A terrible we accident. We mourn. We mourn for them. We erected a statue for the Pactroons. But their I world is them. great. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna stay here. Ten out of ten. Paradise world. <laughs> Siege of oh. the Enclaves. Well, hold on. Oh, we, we, didn't, we didn't finish Atari vote. Oh, so, so he is saved by the air cast. They provide enough cover for him to kind of regroup on the planet after this asteroid storm mm. that killed millions. Um, and then he fell into the green skin trap, killed more, and he's just devastated, blow after blow to his morale and to his troops morale too like no support from the tau empire they're on their own but also like death on an unprecedented scale for them so he at this point he recognizes that he's in a weird headspace um and he takes a back seat in commanding the rest of the battles on atari vo like he doesn't lead it anymore he's just an an advisor he's not making any other big decisions i think the ethereals are stepping up at this point um and kind of riding most of it so eventually they do cleanse the planet of the orc threat, um, but Iron Teeth himself does escape. Mm. But yeah, they save Atari Vo, but it's not a good victory. Yeah, Farsight is... a very is, Pyrrhic victory. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Farsight is not doing that great at the end of this one. So <laughs> Now we'll go to the Siege of the Enclaves. The victory... Oh, here we go. <laughs> the victory... Yes. Didn't last long. The victory of Atari Bo. Yeah. yeah, Soon began to assault newly reclaimed worlds of the expedition. Unable to handle his continuous failures, Farsight entered his battle suit and disappeared to the bottom of the ocean, meditating in solitude for several months. I really dislike this. It just sounds like a depressed emo kid. (laughs) It doesn't sound like someone who studied with Pure Tide and is like the hero that all the other Tao seem to believe he is. Even without all the propaganda, it just doesn't sound like something he would do. It does sort of seem like he's just kind of running away to go pout for a while. Yeah, yeah. 
one of the greatest Tau heroes. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's odd. Yeah, we, we got to read the book and actually figure I, I out. I think, yeah, I'll understand a little more of his actual reasoning in his mind. I still don't know if I'm going to agree. I don't I just I don't, I don't agree with the action himself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just weird for him to abandon these these own like he was mad at the tau empire for abandoning him yeah mm-hmm. and then he just went and did the exact same thing during mm-hmm. one of the craziest fighting that the tau empire has ever seen yeah so i i don't know i just maybe it's good in the book <laughs> it's very out of character for what's been established <laughs> yeah. of kind of who he is mm-hmm. yeah like because he's been around since the tau first came out in like third edition and like I, I, we just bought a bunch of codexes, and I was reading it in there, and like, yeah, like, n- it's only good things said about him. Like, none yeah. of this stuff. Like, he's he's the best, and uh, yeah, it's just I don't know when his Crisis of Faith book came out and stuff. I think that's where it's in here, but mm. yeah, it's just kind of weird. So when he emerged, the expedition was beset on all sides by a cunning war boss, Grog. Farsight began to change his style of tactics used. Instead of meeting his foe head-on, he used the environment to his advantage, creating massive flame traps and firestorms, setting off seismic charges to create earthquakes and tsunamis, and creating huge landslides to overwhelm the orc forces. Yeah, you definitely see a change of tactic at this point, using much more environmental like things to his advantage instead yeah. of just trying to meet the orc head on yeah which is kind of he like his style always seemed to be like quick thinking outmaneuvering and then big slaughter <laughs> yeah yeah is, yeah. is kind of how it felt he was he would just maneuver his enemy in such a perfect way that he could just rain death with his guns but now he's it seems like he's trying to think outside the box hmm. which this is probably the only good thing that I see coming out of his like months of solitude in this battle suit is that <laughs> I guess his perspective on battle shifted a little bit. Mm. So yeah, I guess that's uh <laughs> that's a that's thing. one tick in the pro column for disappearing <laughs> to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Try months. it sometime. Yeah. You just where did he shit? <laughs> in the battle suit. Of course. Which then was recycled and, and then he ate. Yeah. Sustenance. Okay. <laughs> no, no. His his uh, group of followers just like dropped food down. Mm-hmm. They just were. They knew where he was, so they just pinged little food <laughs> and just dropped for him. That's my guess, anyway. <laughs> Good to know. So after four decisive victories across many planets, um, Farsight finally managed to trap the wily. <laughs> Iron Teeth, <laughs> and even defeated him in single combat. With Iron Teeth dead, uh, the Tau ho- hoped the rest of the Orc army would scatter, but it would take them ten more long years to scour the Orc threat from the world. So it was already a decades long. Ooh, that's a long time. It's Yeah, it was a huge Orc years. threat. It doesn't help that the Tau can't quickly maneuver like the Imperium can. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, even just going from planet to planet, it's an ordeal. So, yeah. but even like orc threats are just insidious. You know, they never leave unless you like fully exterminate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like the only way to fully remove. Yeah, an orc we were threat. we were talking about that. Of um, how can you actually get rid of an orc threat without burning everything? And we we're saying, could you change the atmosphere so they can't grow? Like if you just terraformed a little bit to be slightly colder, or you remove certain levels of oxygen or whatever, can they just not? 
grow in that planet. There so. has to be a pesticide the, called Orc be gone. Yeah, there there must spray. be something out there that can actually effectively remove Orc spore. Yeah. 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 They make like a fungicide bomb and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Orc be gone. Yeah. 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 Just a little spray can. Spray, yeah. yeah, everyone exactly. has. It's like off and they're spraying it. Every Marine's got one on his like his <laughs> equipment oh, belt. Oh, that's just... what those are. I thought they were grenades, but they're orc be gone. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, if you go camp, if you go hiking in the mountain, you bring bear spray, mm-hmm. but all people on these planets just carry orc, orc spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure you have your orc spray with you. <laughs> so that's, uh, we've gone through Atari Vo at this point and his like wretched failure there. And then the Siege of the Enclaves <laughs> where... He kind of turned it around. Yeah. And he picked himself back up and he said, look. He just needed a vacation. He just needed a several month vacation (laughs) at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. I'm not convinced something crazy didn't happen at the bottom of the ocean, but I'm going to save it. He fell in love with a fisherman. With himself. Oh. Oh. Um, Oh. oh. (laughs) He learned to love himself (laughs) first. No, but we'll get into that later. But it's, it's kind of at this point that he regains confidence maybe not in the greater good but definitely in himself and so he's kind of picking up the reins back now and he, he's at the head of the farsight expedition again yeah. so now we're gonna go to kind of the defining moment for farsight yeah definitely um I, this is a pretty famous moment i think most people especially if you have touched tau before you definitely know this moment but i think even a lot of people who would still understand that there's something happened with Farsight, and this is it, so. Arthas Moloch. Yeah. So, one such planet that Commander Farsight led his expedition to was Arthas Moloch, where they arrived to scour the Orc presence, and what they found would change Farsight forever. As the Tau battled the Orcs on the planet... A disk of varying light rose from an eight-pillared temple called the Great Star Deus by the air cast. The disk eventually erupted, uh, spewing forth multitudes of demons that destroyed the orcs around them and then, you know, began to round on the Tau. Now, there's millions of orcs on this planet, so they, the orcs and Tau are fighting, like, this massive battle, Yeah, apparently. Um, yeah, and it just... This these beings appeared that no one understood how they were materializing and <laughs> they just began to shred and mutate things with warp energy and warp flame and yeah. it just I don't know, it, it threw them for a loop. Yeah. So they when you're reading this, they kind of describe it as in the Tao have no idea what they're facing. Yeah, yeah. Like this um, is their first encounter yeah, they, with demons for yeah, sure. They they definitely don't call them demons. Yeah. They don't describe them as warp beings or anything they just say that you know creatures came and just materialized so they're i think what they're trying to do is they're definitely trying to show that the tau have no comprehension and no understanding of the warp for sure of chaos and of this you know mirror dimension that exists yeah so that's that's like a big thing because it really messed with farsight yeah (laughs) like the new Not thir- again. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the nearest ocean? <laughs> I need a break. I need a break. Yeah. This new threat horrified Farsight beyond words. The Tau had now seen the horrors of the Empyrean, and resoundingly, they called for a retreat. 
Farsight collapsed from the strain of staring into the rend in reality that the disc had caused. And when he awoke, the Tau were using the distraction caused by the orcs to evacuate the planet. Farsight halted this, claiming that the new threat must be ended immediately. One of the coolest things, I think, from this thing is him collapsing from staring into the warp. Yeah. That yeah. needs to happen way more often. Sure, sure. Just people losing their mind, staring into a rend in reality. How did three-quarter of his forces not instantly turn into a mess <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to comprehend chaos mm-hmm. in the warp? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like that. That's one of the cool things I, I picture is, like, a bunch of Tau just dropping <laughs> from the strain of trying to understand yeah. the seizure. Yeah. yeah, no, it... Yeah, you couldn't comprehend it. No, yeah, it's supposed like, to it's supposed to kill people trying yeah. to stare into the warp. And so. no one's giving them like good warp analogies like it's an ocean to calm them. Yeah. They don't know. To soothe their yeah, frayed they, nerves. They, they, they don't know. know. You should jump into it. Yeah. Break. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the ocean back home, I promise. The exact same. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, did you say that he stopped the evacuation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So he wakes up, and then he decides, wait a second, guys. No, we have to fight. <laughs> fight. Yeah, he likes taking out threats, for sure. He sees a threat, and he'll try to take it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think he's I think he's good enough to do it, personally. I prefer I prefer the Farsight that is able to handle any situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can quickly assess a foe, yeah. come up with the best strategy, and then execute it with his warriors that are extremely loyal and fanatically like faithful mm-hmm. yeah. rather than him. the emo phase for yeah i don't it just doesn't seem to fit this character but again should read the book so adapt and overcome seems to be his his thing yeah, yeah. i definitely like that better mm-hmm. yeah. for sure the Tau would take heavy casualties, most nob- notably their two final ethereals unlos and unathium at this, mass panic broke amongst the tower ranks, and Farsight struggled to keep his army together. He commanded the three active battle groups to himself and begun his counterattack. Yeah, so there's like a whole thing in here, but effectively, in the end, like it's only through the use of uh, medallions yeah. scattered around this uh, eight pillared temple sure. that they survived. So he commands them to bring these medallions to him that. For some reason, he knew to gather. Yeah. And then he also knew that don't spill any blood on the dais because <laughs> blood being spilled makes the beings, demons more powerful. And yeah. he got his, like, flamer crisis suits or whatever to, like, tr- burn the blood and dry <laughs> it so the demons would lose power. And Yeah. Anyways, it just... The only thing I can a think a lot of coincidence. The only thing I can think of is when he stared into the warp, he had some type of understanding. Do you think mm. so? I can't... I refuse to acknowledge that he got understanding from staring into the warp. Like his maybe... mind, how did his mind not explode? <laughs> He's not a psych, anyways. Anyways, for some reason, he got the medallions. And then when all the medallions were brought to him, he combined them and touched them to the sword that he found on there. And then when he did that, there's just like an energy burst. The rift collapses, and all the demons disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's magic. It's mm-hmm. space magic. It's nice. It's warp power. <laughs> <laughs> warp fuckery. <laughs> but the big thing to take away from all that is um, Farsight acquired what uh, he called the Dawn Blade. 
and it is a weapon that flickers with unknown energy. And when Farsight swings it, sharp enough, it's sharp enough to cut through rock. It cuts uh, a swath easily through most enemies and armored vehicles. And the big thing is, unknown to its wielder, um, the blade is made from chronophagic alloys. I hate that. <laughs> which add a slain foe's remaining natural lifespan to that of its owner. So it essentially eats souls and gives it to Farsight. Mm. Um, so that this is the secret to Farsight's remarkable longevity, which has spanned over three centuries and allowed him to become such a powerful figure. So was this on a tile world, you're saying? Arthas no. Moloch is, yeah. is... It was a dead world. It's supposed to be a dead world, okay. I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the the air cast did have a name for that eight pillared temple. They called it the Great Star Dais. Okay. Yeah. So I I think there's reason to believe that the Tau, even if they weren't on this world, they had been there before. Mm-hmm. Especially maybe the fleet, if the air cast had a name for it. Yeah. So, um, but I don't think it was populated. No. Okay. No. Yeah. No. But I feel like this place, if ever there was a place to learn about chaos and the warp, it would have been in that temple you know yeah, like if very they, clearly if they had studied it maybe some of the writings or maybe yeah I, I feel like that could have been their introduction but instead they just dealt with demons so. <laughs> that'll yeah. happen yeah but yeah so he he pretty much picks up a demon sword we don't know i don't think it's ever outright stated that that's what it is they always just describe it as like an alien artifact um but Wait, what do you mean who describes it as an alien artifact the tau yeah, Imperium. like codex information, like, yeah, just whenever you read about what it is, it just is described as an alien artifact. I definitely think the Tau don't know, but I think if any Imperium Psyker comes into contact with him... Oh, sure, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. in-universe, sure. Yeah. But I also, like I don't know if it's a demon blade or not. I don't know if there's a demon trapped in there, or it might just be, like, a weapon of the warp. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's um, tough. I think it's a demon sword. You that, do? Do you think there's something yep, in there? Yeah. That eats eats souls and gives it to... That's that's why I dislike that they say it's made from chronophagic alloy. Hmm. Like, that in and of itself, isn't that supposed to be their way of like, ooh, it's the alloy itself that's <laughs> taking souls. Like, yeah. why, why didn't they just... And if it's unknown to him, that means who knows it's chronophagic. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, who's doing studies on this that is understanding it's chronophagic and then not telling farsight right yeah. that just it didn't it never made sense to me that their need to describe what it's made of when it just means nothing to the story it just sure it seems like star trek shenanigans <laughs> to sure. me like just putting words in there to make it sound fancy yeah, yeah but that's when, sci-fi that's jargon it, yeah. yeah but when you think about it, it just i don't know for, maybe someone has a reason out there why they needed to call it chronophagic mm-hmm. alloy but apparently in greek it means time eating mm. yeah like phagic has to do with bacteria as well mm. and chrono i don't know i just assumed it like stole bacterium life and like took that time and gave it back or whatever but it just like if it's a chronophagic alloy does that mean we can't just make more in our realm sure is it sure. warp related at all at that point sure. if it's an, an alloy that we can create and manipulate mm-hmm. So I just would have preferred that they left it more of a a warp blade, yeah, than a material. Well, it still could have item. been because like it was found on this random temple. He had to put a bunch of medallions into it, so maybe this was like the last of this metal. 
this chronophagic metal. Very possible. And there's like yeah. a lot. Would you prefer like, it be a demon sword? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I think it has to be a demon sword. I, I do think Farsight's being manipulated. Um, by the sword? Not necessarily by the sword. I like to think, okay, well, <laughs> I'm going to read one more sentence. Okay. And then I'm willing to talk about Farsight's manipulation. More. So it's, so that's, he gets the Dawn Blade, he closes the rift, the ethereals are dead at this point, so he's got nothing left, and the orcs are gone. Um, and it's at this point he's at a turning point. Either he goes back because uh, protocol dictates that if as soon as like a fire cast thing is without ethereal, they have to go back and and get more. Yeah. But he doesn't. He rebels. So following the battle, he should have gone back to the empire, but instead he pushes onwards and he attempts to find the answers that had been denied him in the Tau Empire. Um, he eventually founded his own empire called the Farsight Enclaves across the Damocles Gulf, where he continues to lead his Tau. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the Tau, the Farsight Enclaves, but I, this is a decent time for me to talk, I think, for us to talk about Farsight himself for a heartbeat. So sure. um, when he stared into the warp, he found, I guess he did gain some understanding because something clicked for him and he realized that the Ethereals had some sort of knowledge of this that they denied him. Sure, sure. And that, I think, was the final straw for him, that there was this entire threat that, you know, how is he supposed to protect the Tao Empire and perform these miraculous deeds if they won't even tell him what he has to fight against? And then they won't even give him the resources necessary to fight against it? I think he kind of understood that the Tao Ethereals cared more about what they could share back home than they actually did about the individuals fighting for their propaganda. Sure. And I think that like was a big decision for him is he's like, no, like you, you're just trash and I can't trust you. You won't tell me like what I need to know in order to effectively fight. So I think that in the ocean when Mm -hmm. he's meditating and Probably when I read it, this will change drastically. (laughs) But I like to think that in that moment of solitude, something began to whisper at him. Hmm. And I think, I like to think that he's been manipulated since that time to Hmm. go to Arthas Malik. And if he needed to gain knowledge of um, medallions and swords and blood upon deuses, if ever there was a time for something to come to him, it would have been when he's in the ocean. So I, I like to think that something approached him hmm. in the ocean, led him to Arthas Moloch. He felt the need to go there, um, forced him to... So he witnesses this rend, and he knows the only way, or he finds the only way to break it, which is to pick up this sword and combine these medallions with it, and then he's carrying this sword now for 300 years, so maybe it's not a demon sword itself, but I, it feels like he was manipulated to wield the sword, mm. and I like, I don't mind that um, aspect of it, so. Mm. I, I, I like the thought that, you know, there's something manipulating him out there. Sure. Yeah. Do you think it's evil, like a chaos god or something? Maybe not a chaos god. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, but a demon of some kind. Sure, yeah, yeah. Those. Some kind of warp entity. Yeah. It could even just be like a 
a zinch greater demon or something. Mm -hmm. So, but it could be a chaos God could just be a warp entity in my mind. Um, but it just, it doesn't seem characteristic of him. And that's why I like to think of an outside influence. Something's kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes. It's not just him yeah. going and doing these things just because. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, it just doesn't seem, they don't seem characteristic of him unless I fact, uh, unless I try and think of, well, okay, maybe something is giving him information. Mm. And, um, and I have another thing that I'll, I'll talk about after a little bit in this when we uh, when we finish the whole farsight enclaves sure. thing but i do like to think that it wasn't just him and that he had <laughs> some weird understanding that was given to him by something else and sure. it's just it seems like too much coincidence and this applies to his rebellion as well right like, well yeah it would like be his, he's already directly pretty like, strong-willed and kind of an independent thinker as it is but you're thinking this being might be kind of pushing him more toward rebelling than his natural tendencies I, already would be. I think that the Tao Empire thrives on control and secrets. Absolutely. And as soon as someone like Farsight gains knowledge beyond what the Ethereals deem is acceptable, everything they built starts to crumble. And this this entire facade that they share that no, like, we can conquer the galaxy and, you know, there is a place for everyone in the greater good and, you know, we can beat any threat that comes against us because we're pure and and <laughs> and I think that the Ethereals, well, they're doing their best to hide the reality of the warp from everyone. That or they do, themselves don't know. They do know. Do they? They do. Do they? I'm fully convinced that they understand it. Fully. On what? Based because off they, what? there's races in their... Um, I guess we'll do it right now. There's races in their auxiliaries that are fully psychic races, oh, yeah. and there's no way those races don't have not touched chaos or the primordial truth or have an understanding of warp, warp energy can be. And sure. there's no way the ethereals haven't talked with them about that. But if if the ethereals themselves haven't seen the warp or been affected by it, and then these creatures are just like, yeah, I can use psychic powers yeah it's like talking can they, some weird can they uncle. yeah like it's like oh, they, okay greg you yeah. you sure can yeah, but what that. if what happens when they start showing you that they can do psychic powers mm -hmm. and that there is something beyond your understanding and they share look these are our stories this is the things that have happened here's what happens when we go too far in into manipulating warp energy here's mm -hmm. the warning like there's a reason that they don't have warp travel, I truly think. There's a reason that no one in the Tau Empire knows about the warp. They wouldn't tell Farsight about the warp. It, it is described in the book yeah. that he realized they were hiding it from him. And if sure. they're hiding it, it's for a reason. And I sure. think it's because they realize they can't deal with it. It could be that the Ethereals know it exists. They've seen how it works through those auxiliary races. But they just can't comprehend it themselves. So that yeah. they just they have no way to describe it to others, but they know it's there, and yeah. maybe that's what Farsight is thinking. It's like, well, they know about this, but why haven't they told me? Yeah, yeah. How much do they know? Like, Ethereals only know one percent, but Farsight thinks they know fifty percent of all warp knowledge. Like, well, there's a difference between like, hey, here's how the warp works, versus here's a threat you might come into at some point, and you're not going to be able to comprehend it because we don't, but you might have to fight it. 
Like, sure. Why? Why didn't they say anything? And I, I think they're just hiding it. They're, ha- yeah. Sure. There's no reason to not tell your best commanders out there that there's a possibility they're going to fight this. Yeah. Um. Another thing I think is maybe they have witnessed the warp and they can see what it does and how it can affect people, and that goes directly against the greater good in the way that the warp can change you into an evil thing like chaos and Mm. stuff like that so they don't want to share this immense power that could render the greater good pretty much null and void like i'm with you don't want warp travel to screw with their armies and stuff yeah so they're not telling anyone else about it it's like like, oh we just can't do that i don't know what that power is that they're teleporting around with (laughs) yeah like i'm i'm definitely there for that like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm more on the side that the Ethereals are withholding information. Mm-hmm. Like, either if it's lack of understanding, that's fine. Or if it's fear that it doesn't fit with their philosophy mm-hmm. of the greater good, that's fine. If it's fear that they, um, it will corrupt, like, the knowledge. And the knowledge does corrupt. We know that, right? Sure. So if, their fear, if there's a fear of corruption within their own people, like, I'm okay. I just, there's no way they... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Don't know. But there's whatever their reason is for hiding it, like Pure Tide or not Pure Tide, Farsight was just 100% betrayed in the sure, fact that sure. the knowledge wasn't shared with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Like even an inkling of that knowledge might have helped him a little bit in this battle. Yeah, yeah. Right? Just an understanding that they're beings, that there's things beyond that don't follow our physics. Yeah. Even know? if he didn't know he was going to be fighting these demons. To be to prepared at least for know it. about them. Yeah. Can let him prepare for it in the event that he would. Even yeah. just mentally. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. they lost their minds when they encountered these demons. But if if there had been, like, hey, it's possible that you're going to encounter something that is beyond your knowledge. And I don't know. It just, maybe not to the soldiers, but to Farsight himself. It just, and he feels the same way. Yeah, yeah. He really does. He, yep. he feels fully betrayed by yep. it. And I think it's also mentioned that those ethereals didn't look as shocked as he was hmm. and i think that was like his final they straw to their knees yeah they didn't seem to and it could be just that the, the ethereals are just in a breed their own right and you know they're so steadfast that they yeah no they aren't affected the same they have to but save face yeah it, it could just be that they are just too solid you know their belief in the greater good is too pure but i he definitely took it as they knew it had was some coming. knowledge yeah. of it prior to so sure <laughs> my big issue is i just <laughs> i just find you always attribute malice to it like they withheld it's like I don't know. I don't tell you everything about everything. Well, like, it's, I don't know. it's in the same it, way. It's just every time we talk about Tao, you just always go to there's malice. It's, I, there's twistedness. And it's like, no, no, no. I don't I, think it's malice. It, like the emperor also withhold knowledge of the warp, not through malice, because he knew that humanity wasn't ready. And yeah. the webway. Yeah. And he wanted to have the project. Yeah. Right? He wanted to have the webway 
Um, but anyways, like when I when I talk about the emperor doing it, it's not a malice thing. And when I talk about the in, in ethereals doing it, it's not a malice thing. But to Farsight, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To him, he felt betrayed, betrayed. by it, right? Yeah. So um, the emperor didn't want to talk about chaos. Yeah. But Magnus was a psyker. Malkador was a psyker. The emperor sure. was a psyker. They had their all their you know primary psychers on the battlefield and all the space marines had psycher things so it's not that they didn't know the warp like they knew the warp and they go through geller fields and they have the astronomicon right yeah but he was hiding the knowledge of chaos yeah Mm -hmm. the actual four gods yeah yeah, yeah. but why wouldn't they wouldn't like the ethereals wouldn't even tell them about the warp he like Farsight knew nothing about this extraordinary power that he could have come into contact with. You can learn about the warp without coming into contact with chaos if you want. Sure. I don't know. It just and I, I'm not necessarily saying it's yeah. malice, but it definitely maliciously affected them. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So whether or not they were evilly hiding it, or whether they're doing it because they think it's the right thing Protecting. to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's still they hid knowledge. They knew about it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the right or the wrong thing to do, <laughs> but yeah. you can look at it like you're saying on either side of it, whether it was a malicious or a benevolent reason for hiding it. Farsight yeah. just took it as oh a yeah, he malicious did. act. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He he felt betrayed, but he had those feelings of betrayal had also been building up this entire oh, yes. expedition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. we've talked about that with his kind of growing this was the turning like discontent yeah. with the, the ethereals and the empire not supporting him. Or yeah. giving him the things he needs. Let's pushed him to over the edge. Yeah. Do what they're asking of him. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you boys think of uh, the Dawnblade? Would you like it to be like a demon sword, or do you like kind of more of the technological aspect of it, where it's just a crazy metal? What do you guys kind of think? I do think like? a little bit of both. I think it'd be cool if it was like this crazy metal that's no longer found anywhere or but something had like that. Some sort of connection yeah, maybe, to the warp yeah, and like chaos. Possessed yeah. kind of from something in the warp, something that is feeding him, and maybe he he could be the... The Farsight Enclaves could be the their connection to the warp, the Tau. Because mm-hmm. they don't, other than the Ethereals, you think, don't really know about the warp, but maybe this being separate, could they could start working on some warp technology or mm-hmm. studying this if it is connected to the warp. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, because uh, they kind of get shunned and no one's allowed to talk about them anymore. And if they found out about the warp, what would the rest of Tau civilization do about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not to the extent of like Fulgrim's demon sword, or sure. yeah. I can't remember his <laughs> yeah. name, but there's a Grey Knight captain who has a demon sword yeah. that he always Castilian has to hold. Castilian yeah, yeah him. Yeah. Maybe not to that extent, but I wouldn't mind if there was like a bit of a demon presence within the sword that's kind of manipulating him. Yeah. Along with whatever presence possibly came to him in the that's, ocean. It's kind of just headcanon for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, those things are just so un- uncharacteristic of him. Mm-hmm. It's I have to rationalize it somehow. <laughs> and the easiest rationalization is always just, oh, it's just a demon. So if there was some kind of demon in presence in the sword that yeah. continued that manipulation of him and pushing him away from the Empire, mm-hmm. I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm, I, like, I'm okay one way or the other. In the end, Farsight is not my 
favorite. He's definitely my favorite Tau. Yeah. For sure. Um, His mini is pretty sick. Yeah, I, yeah. I just like anyone who's willing to and the throw is off pretty cool mm-hmm. unit. their bonds <laughs> of slavery to the greater good. <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> oh my god! Croons. 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 Oh my god! So, I have another question. Yeah. Is he just constantly going out on expeditions to keep feeding his souls? Or is I don't he think he like... understands. Okay, he but just like... kills something and he just keeps living, but he okay. doesn't really know but that like, that's what it's doing. He's yeah. not like sitting on his his world now and like just staying there and like the emperor gets psychers every day and they're like, hey, come see. Oh, yeah. Come, they just bring people for him to kill. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> like, so it's described as... Uh, the slain foe's remaining natural lifespan mm-hmm. to that oh, of its okay. owner. So he's fighting so like, a warrior really, like, yeah. if who has even... 60 years left. He just mm-hmm. kills one of them. Yeah. And that's okay. so much So time. he's already got he could who have knows how many years, years left kind of banked yeah. on yeah. that sword. Even if exactly. he just killed a couple orcs yeah. Yeah. left exactly. over. And, yeah. yeah. The weird so. thing to me is that no one seems to question it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. If a Tau life expectancy is anywhere from like sixty to eighty years or whatever it is, yeah. it's he's described as drastically living mm-hmm. beyond like what's possible. Three hundred something almost. Yeah. yeah, like how how is no one being like, Hey man, I, it's your three hundredth birthday <laughs> and that's a little weird. So with the Tau they do have tons of different life expanding technologies. Like, um, even when we start talking about his eight yeah uh there's some in there that have like nanobots that like heal them fully or Aunva like, is crazy old mm-hmm. yeah well, like, so they but he's yeah. an ethereal he's dead uh, oh yeah true <laughs> so. yeah so so i think it would be very <laughs> easy to just he, be like he, he oh I, i've taken yeah. some type of experimental technology i was like, wondering that i think it would just be so easy to do say that yeah yeah you know because um, you're right, there's one of his eight members that developed these like nano drones that extended his yeah. life. And what if Farsight was also? I always thought it was odd that it wasn't described that that guy gave it to everyone. Yeah, Why? Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> I can tell. But there yeah, must, like, there <laughs> must be another. There must be another way that he's doing that he is attributing his long yeah. life to. Yeah, another thing people always were assuming too was. Uh, that it was a title and that they passing passed the it name on. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've the, seen that. Yeah, yeah. so well, that's yeah, what like the, they passed the suit and the sword and yeah, the title. Yeah, down that's what the Tau Empire definitely yeah, believes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they have confirmed now that it's it really is. him, the yeah. same guy. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think there are ways, especially when you include like nanobots and other crazy type of like maybe it's a clone. Tau mm-hmm. do have cloning capabilities. Um, you know, yeah. I think you could easily just pass it off as like, well, okay, something's going on. Yeah, but he, I don't think you need to yeah. be like, oh, that sword is eating souls. Well, like, he has holy. to be convinced that there's some other thing that's keeping him alive. He has to be doing something sure. that he thinks is keeping him alive as opposed to the sword. Sure. Or maybe that voice that he heard in the oceans talking to him now. I mean... Because <laughs> is it confirmed at all that he does or doesn't know that the sword yeah. expands I don't his think he swims. knows. Yeah, when you read in, like, codexes or lexicanum and stuff, uh, he doesn't know. But okay. in the novel... I'm gonna read it. It's mm-hmm. ambiguous. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't read the novel. I'm mm. not a fan of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna read it. Yeah, so... It could be, but as far as I'm aware, like, it's always described in everything I've read that, that he, he does know. not know okay. himself. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's just apple a day type of guy. Yeah. 
a nano soul, drone a day. Soul, yeah, 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 who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, we can get back into him later. Let's uh, let's talk about the Farsight Enclave. So, the Farsight Enclave. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, oh. just a mini stroke. I passed my retard on to you. <laughs> uh, now so I am pure. Let's talk about the Farsight Enclaves. So, this is the second Tau Empire that Farsight um, founds outside yeah. the purview of the Ethereals. Yeah. So, when this was originally founded, um, the Tau were unaware, like the Tau Empire, like they thought that the Farsight expedition had been destroyed. Had been destroyed. Uh, it's only many years later that they actually find out that, you know, Farsight has gone and created his own mini empire. So the Farsight Enclave, also known as the Forbidden Zone to the Tau Empire, has become an independent empire consisting of half a dozen planets, including some human colonies. Uh, there is an ethos in the Enclaves to be individually strong and determined. The most numerous cast is the Fire Cast, and they are also the leaders. There are no ethereals in the Enclave, so that's the big thing. We'll talk a little bit more about like how the cast kind of interact with each other, but uh, right now we're going to the planets. So the very first planet, uh, the capital world of the Enclaves, is Valoros. <laughs> Valorla. Valorla. Viorlos. Los? Viorlos. Yeah. It's like the Viorla set. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. Home to more fire wars and even some primary Tau steps. Steps. It is a volcanic world whose main asset is the amount of geothermic energy that the Earth cast has managed to harness from its raging core. So there's a there's theories, um, like in codexes and stuff, that uh, they think that part of the reason why this like uh, this planet has like this raging core is because of the Dawn Blade and stuff. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not just like, uh, that's not just me saying that that's like, you can actually read that in codexes and stuff. So it's reacting its presence there. Causes yeah. Like its the, core to, yeah. Like go, they don't have any, a lot of information. Sure. I should have written down it's just the like exact one of those, like, wording. One line off. One yeah. Line, yeah. Yeah. So would that imply that then there possibly is a strong demon presence within the sword? <laughs> yeah. Or who something knows? with something, the sword just doesn't agree happening. with the planet? Yeah. So, and that's an odd thing because that's kind of meta knowledge. Yeah. I think that is meta knowledge. I don't think the Tau think that that's why the core is. For sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I should almost just try to pull up the exact wording if you guys want to keep reading. Sure. Sure. Uh, so the next planet is Lube Grawl. I don't know if you have a slide for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're watching right now for two dollars on Patreon, this is uh, <laughs> this is Valora Loss. Okay, so the top this is this is the next one. Oh, that makes sense. That's like it's like a volcano planet. It's yeah. covered in like fissures. Yeah. And okay. It just we did over. skip the meaning of Viorlos. Oh, sorry. It means uh, sons of Viorla, which is the Tau Sep world that many of Fars- Farsight and many of his warriors are from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next one we have, which is in the top right there on the screen, is Lub Graal. Uh, it's primarily a Ooh, memorial wow. world to all the Tau who have died in service of the Enclaves, and their polar ice caps are scattered with millions of clean, oval monuments to the dead. So it's kind of just like a graveyard planet, mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, Not a terrible way. So the top, the surface of the planet is like a monument, but then the Earth cast is most numerous on this planet, and we're... Uh, cutting edge technology is being produced but 
they actually dig deep tunnels into the planet and they have like this huge elaborate like tunnel neck work with like homes and whatever mm. um so the surface is kind of just d- dedicated to these memorials yeah yeah exactly wow but uh the it's all underground <laughs> uh, that's crazy um and then the next we have is tinekla so that would be the bottom left mark uh bottom left yeah okay so tinekla is a world whose thin crust was harvested revealing a crystalline shimmering polygonal below Uh, the planet is a giant mineral structure so close to true transparency that it seems to glow with starlight and the aircast who reside there live in floating hab pods and orbitals above its surface so they mined away its crust yeah like there's like a super thin layer and then when they took it away it turned into this hmm this some weird naturally like it was probably just like space dust that they just brushed away and this is like some i don't know imploded huh? star or something i don't <laughs> i don't fucking know space science yeah yeah but uh yeah so it, it it's it almost looks like a d20 or something like that maybe <laughs> not quite that many sides but it's definitely like sure yeah it definitely has that feeling yeah. of like a dice yeah yeah <laughs> it's a d100 mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> um and then yeah they just have a bunch of uh space stations that orbit it that kind of carry that same shape huh i wonder like so it's a crystal yeah and the air cast who live there um do they live on the planet i don't understand that. no 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 they live in uh floating hab pods so it, it's just like other things that are floating around the planet yeah, yeah. you like little satellites yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. almost yeah. like that they're just using it as like a gravity well to hold a yeah. bunch of different satellites yeah is the crystal useful for their technology yeah i was wondering that too they don't say anything okay. um but yeah maybe they are mining it but yeah. experimenting with it maybe yeah mm-hmm. but it seems yeah pretty they, cool. they don't say you don't see a lot of that in 40k actually like weird shaped planets sure. like that the next know. one too is also yeah. very different yeah, i was staring at the picture <laughs> it's like to a understand. booger, <laughs> <It's> like a <laughs> booger. <laughs> uh so the the last one we have is is on the bottom right of the screen and it's salash hay so it's less of a planet more of a collection of giant moon-sized globes of liquid <laughs> yeah uh salash hay orbits the nearby sun as a group and if you're looking, you can kind of see that there's, like, one big orb and then a bunch of orbs that look like they're touching it but yeah. still retaining their orbness. So weird. Uh, <laughs> it's like oil on water. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Yeah, Like, those balls that just, like, retain their shape mm-hmm. but still, like, touch each other. Yeah. and Interesting. So yeah. each time a piece, a meteor passes into one of the spheres the liquid parts into smaller groups of globes and each time the forces of the void throw one or more globes together they meld with a burst of meniscus that sets the skies alight with multicolored spectacles what delicious how it's just constantly in flux and yeah. splitting yeah. and this is a, back together this and... is a planet <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's yep. the liquid you know like all types it takes all types of liquids <laughs> to make a globular just, liquid just nice mercury yeah. just solid mercury planet <laughs> um so within this world the water cast of farsight's collective meditate on the fluid nature of the oceanic clouds and that can teach them about the universe and the races within it and how we can all how poetic yeah mm. <laughs> it's 
pretty. <laughs> it's pretty nice. You gotta have a planet for that. It just it's in that picture. It looks like there is still a solid form surrounded by liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that described as the case? Well, if it or like is it all liquid? Up, I'd probably, I'd assume there's no solid in there. Yeah. Else it would just explode when a meteor hits it. I hope this rejoining of fancy lights isn't explosive. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, That's so I, I think there is something inside <laughs> of it. It's, it's just like um, a floating, like anywhere they live is just a floating station, and then you wake up in the middle of the night, and that floating station, which was previously on one planet, <laughs> is now on a different yeah. bubble of the planet. Well, there has to be like a core to it to hold all the stuff there. Um, they also say within this world, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. They live um, like under the surface. So. Yeah, and it's just like just imagine Earth if there's four miles of water on it. I don't know. Yeah, but capable then, of separating and then joining back together. Uh, low gravity, like Maybe. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, enough. yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. You're not an astrophysicist. I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> give me another couple months yeah. and I'll weeks. be there yeah. weeks yeah. you're almost there yeah. yeah uh and then the final planet that they really mention in any detail is Guvesa Rid which is uh, a human populated world that has joined the enclaves so uh they don't tell anything else about it they don't tell you what it's like or if it's only humans on the planet earth tower kind of there too but it's definitely a part of the empire hmm. mm-hmm. yeah did you find your line no okay well, that's so that kind of just goes over the planets that are within the Farset Enclave. So pretty tiny, even smaller than the small Tau Empire. <laughs> yeah, you know? super, uh, super making a big deal, big splash. <sighs> when reading, uh, there's this one amazing <laughs> fucking line. So the Tau or the Farset Enclaves have half a dozen planets, and there's some inquisitors that are worried that. Farsight is himself. Uh, Farsight himself uh, is a direct threat to the emperor. <laughs> it's like it must be a demon blade then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just what a joke. Yeah, it's like literally even if like if even every if the- single person capable of fighting in the Farsight enclaves were to go against the Imperium, a single chapter of Space Marines <laughs> can deal with them. Yeah, for real. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, let alone, but how a the fuck would threat. they get to fucking Terra? They yeah. can't even... How many generations <laughs> would that take them? They're so far away. Oh. You just have to be stopping at every world like a Tyranid and slaughtering people. <laughs> yeah. And he would make it just himself. <laughs> yeah. He's the only <laughs> one who survives. Himself, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah him him it's, and his it's... AI companion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the rulers of the Enclave now. Ooh, uh, also called the Eight? Yep. Mm. Currently, the Enclaves is ruled by the Eight with Farsight at their head. So there is Eight, including Farsight. Uh, so Commander Farsight, we've talked about him quite a bit now. He's the leader. Uh, his next person is Commander Bravestorm. And he's entombed in a life support system and confined inside a battlesuit. Bravestorm have served long so- Farsight without question, even at one point taking a Vindicator assassin's bullet intended for Farsight. Is that what put him in the I don't th- battle suit? I don't think that is. Mm. Um, I don't think so. So it, it's very much a dreadnought, like yeah. from Imperial understanding. Yeah, um, Yeah, but it's kind of crazy. I don't 
I didn't when I was reading it I didn't see any indication of potential mental deterioration or yeah. putting him in stasis to keep him fresh. He hasn't been that old yet. Yeah. I also just wonder if the Tau Tech ability to do that is just better mm. like they have true ai sure so they're capable i don't know it just seems like their technological understanding is definitely better than the imperium yeah so yeah um yeah so one of these guys is in life support so he's going to be around forever pretty yeah, much Yeah, until his actual body brain stem whatever <laughs> gets destroyed <laughs> yeah he's good then we have honor shasvir ovessa Ovesa was an old colleague and supporter of Farsight and gained infamy during the Arkunasha War. After the Damocles Crusade, he joined with Farsight directly. Ovesa is known as Stone Dragon. He is, in fact, not a Shasvir at all, but an old Earthcast colleague of Farsight kept alive by micro-drones of his own invention. Hmm. So, so he's yeah. just as old as Farsight. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody ever mentions him. No. You know? And yeah, and just like him, like uh there's a couple of these heroes. So Farsight being super old, it's like, well, okay, like a couple of these guys have this technology. Yeah. So I don't think it's that, that's why I'm the reason they don't look into the Dawn Blade, I think, is yeah. like Farsight's convinced he's alive because of some other reason. Yeah. Yeah. If he, he wasn't could be taking those nano drones too for exactly, all we know. Like yeah. if he wasn't taking the micro drones and he's not, you know, sniffing the dust of eternal life or whatever, <laughs> then he'd have to look into whatever it was that's keeping him alive. He just seems too like grounded to just blow it off yeah you yeah. know like if yeah. it was real he's gonna search into it for some yeah reason. especially since that's part of the reason why he left the tau empires like he wanted to go find more out he wanted to find answers for himself. yeah um he wanted yeah. to find what was being hidden from him yeah so commander Brightsword, one of you guys want to read this one sure uh commander Brightsword um is actually a family name more than a personal name there have been seven different bright swords so far uh that have sided with farsight and it is rumored that all these bright swords are actually. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, clones! <laughs> they're all Legend. clones. Wait for it, Dairy. <laughs> so they're all the same person. Yeah, yeah. Do you? So Tao do have cloning. They also have the ability to digitize consciousness and memories do you think yep. it's the same person inhabiting this body over and over again There's different Clone clones but it's the same consciousness yeah it's the same memories the same being same experiences inhabiting and he's just like replacing his body like a sleeve well if they have the technology i don't see why not yeah, yeah. the neuro like, chips yeah. yeah yeah so the next one uh commander shavatos vastus shavastus the first Tau to be fitted with the Pyrtide nano neurochip, which is literally what we're saying. This, like, uh, Pyrtide, his brain is in, put into this neurochip and then put in other people. Uh, so uh, he was the first to be fitted with it and was saved from his subs. Oh, no, not this word again. Lobotomy <laughs> by the intervention of Commander Farsight. Um, so the very first chip didn't really work and they were going to lobotomize him, but he saved him. His prototype neurochip suffered rapid degeneration after the battle. However, uh, Farsight had him spirited away in a stasis pod until he could find a cure. Many decades later, Ovesa, um, that's that Earthcast guy, was able to recalibrate the neurochip and awaken the old warrior. So yeah, between cloning and being able to put your your brain into chips, like, 
Yeah, how does everyone not live forever in the Tao Empire? Everyone should be immortal. Yeah. Like, because it's not like these things are, like, resource-heavy. Like, making fucking micro-drones that keep you alive forever. How much really goes into that? Like, how many resources? How much time? Probably not a whole lot. Yeah, once you, once you like, find the technology yeah, itself, yeah. once you create it, like, duplicating it is... Shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. Now, has he... Was this a recent discovery in the Farsight Enclaves, or did he have this before? The Microdrones? Yeah. Um... Well, he's had yes. it since Arkunasha. Yeah, so he. So that's part of the uh, like Tao that's when Empire. They were still talking yeah. to the Tao. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay, maybe I don't. Like he's had to have had it for at least two hundred and forty years now. Sure. Like. Yeah, because just... this is three hundred years old. Tao only lived to like sixty-ish, mm-hmm. so he's had to have it for at least yeah a long time. <laughs> um. Yeah. Next up, we got. Uh, Shasvir Ob Lotaya 9-0. Oh, this is the the broadside battle suit. Battle <laughs> The broadside battle suit known as Ob Lotai 9-0 is crewed not by Tau, but by a late generation AI engram of the original Ob Lotai who taught the young Farsight the basics of piloting a battle suit. So this just sounds like a consciousness was digitized, yeah. and instead of putting this chip into an organic Another body, yeah. they just put it into a mechanical battle suit. Oh, oh. <laughs> I got some rants brewing at the end of this episode. <laughs> Commander Aragorn. Er- Aragorn? Er- nope. Aragorn. <laughs> Aragorn. That's right. Aragorn. He possesses an analytical mind and the advanced new support system from the recently arrived vision of Unshi. What's vision of Unshi? Uh, I think that's what they call uh, like the hologram Unshi. Unshi? Oh, nope, never mind. That's Unva. I don't know. I'm going to do a quick search. Maybe I typed that wrong, but I thought, yeah, you had some like... uh, That's okay. Keep going. Yeah. Subcommander Torchstar. Torchstar is the youngest member of the group and a defector from the Tau Empire. She is known as an impetuous Valoran whose affinity with fire has seen her immolate hundreds of Tau forces. Um, so this is the only foes. one. Oh, of the fo- Tau's foes. foes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Either one. her yeah. own people. <laughs> um, she's the only one without some weird life extending mm. technology or something funky with her going on a newer one or like yeah 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 so so that's the eight uh it's pretty cool you can actually feel all of them on tabletop they Um, are a lord of war yeah yeah yeah. it's one giant fucking unit uh because yeah they're in a bunch of different battle suits like some are riptide some are battles broadsides yeah crisis suits farsight yeah so it's pretty cool um so life in the enclaves life in the enclaves is very similar to life in the empire however one major difference is we do have some examples of cross cast contamination so we do have some examples of earth cast becoming fire warriors or whatever you know um the ability to change class or, yeah or would this mate refer to mating class? with the other class it could be all of this we don't know exactly how it all works mm-hmm. um but who knows like we do have some examples so how prominent it is, or maybe it's just these one-off examples. It's hard to say. Yeah, but um, there are examples. There of it. are examples for sure. Uh, what we do know is that their society is very militaristic, even more so than um, 
regular Tau. Like, I think everyone's trying to support the military. Um, like, Earthcaster just created new weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all very much focused for survival and being able to defend yourself. Um, the technology is mostly old edition stuff, obviously from Farsight Expedition, but I have some... Oh, but there have been some innovative innovations witnessed. Yeah, so a lot of their technology is stuck at the level of when they initially yeah. left the yeah. Empire. Um, but there are... They have, like, in the times that the Tao Empire has seen them, they have seen things that previously were, you know, not yeah, there didn't before. Have. So they are innovating, Yeah, but it's definitely going slower than the Tao Empire itself, yeah. so... Yeah, and uh, they have also like stolen like uh, like the Riptide was invented after the Tau or after Farsight left, but they do have that now. So whether like a spy went and got the plans to make it or however that what a defect brought it. Well, they knows? they've skirmished a couple times sure. with them. So if they just found one of those, things, yeah, they yeah. take it back. And, yeah, it's even so possible. There's a, there's a couple different ways that they could have accessed yeah. it. Um, but yeah, honestly, there's not a lot of info on like how the day to day in the enclaves actually work. Like it, are everyone happy there? We don't really know. Um, it just, it doesn't sound like he runs it, um, the same way as the ethereals though. The ethereals brook very little questioning or, um, doubt in the greater good. Yeah. Whereas Farsight, like, his entire character now is built around the need to question and sure. examine things. So I wouldn't be surprised if his whole thing was built around, you know, like, find the answer. If there's yeah. something wrong, like, explore that avenue. And yeah. Whereas, like, he might say that to a Firecast person who's, yeah. like, wondering, oh, I found this weird worm. What is it? Yeah. And he says, like, an ethereal might tell him, like, leave that for the Earthcast. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's not your thing. Yeah. Whereas in the Farsight Enclaves, it's more, you know, follow what it is that drives, drives you. you so. yeah. to, to help propel this. Yeah, exactly. He's more willing to let people kind of live free. their own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of what I get from it. Yeah, I was sure. kind of thinking the same thing. With his kind of rebellion against the Ethereals and their absolute power, I think he would kind of just by default not want to run it the same way yeah right you did mention is very militaristic and with him being a commander it makes you wonder if there would be some kind of strict like societies run like a military unit but then again as before he kind of is more toward the side of freedom yeah 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 there's like yeah there's examples of um yeah, him taking like young people and taking them into his inner inner circle, like. But in ethereal, that would never happen. And mm-hmm. like, I'm sure, or just he, even the fact of having an inner circle, exactly. Right? Yeah, be, yeah. Stretching being able beyond to share. a single cast. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, knowledge is probably disseminated much better through yeah. and way and more orders. open. Yeah, way more willing to share stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely view it much like a a better version of the Tao Empire, personally. Sure. Yeah, it's just it's just too small. <laughs> to mean anything. Four planets. It's just too small to mean anything, you know? Like, yeah. So. For now. <laughs> just you wait. Another... Give it, give it 7,000 years. For that demon blade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, then, the and, then, and then and Farsight's coming for the Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Direct threat. Direct. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with the, the Enclaves? Um, Are you guys Farsight fans? I think he's 
pretty neat and pretty neat story. I haven't read the book either, but like I've watched YouTube videos and yeah. listened to some some podcasts about them. Um, but yeah, I had a I had something, but I lost it. Oh no, <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can't remember. So anyone else? <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know too much about Farsight um, beforehand, and then just kind of like within like the last couple of weeks or so, just kind of reading about him on different places, so like different websites and yeah. listening to like podcasts and watching videos about him and stuff. I think he's definitely qu- kind of quickly becoming one of my favorite Tao. He's very cool. He's definitely yeah. a very cool character. His yeah. story is interesting yeah. and it's just, I don't know. I like the idea of kind of him doing his own thing against like the, the ethereals because mm-hmm. yeah. they aren't giving him any support whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big thing with Farsight too is he's against the ethereals. He still believes in the greater good. Yeah, yeah he's not against his own race and like yeah. their kind of beliefs. He's against the control of the, the control ethereals. of the ethereals. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like he still has a water cast and like even mm-hmm. the way they describe the water cast um on the one planet, like they're still more than willing to like respect other races and like be fluid and try to negotiate and stuff I mean, they and, even do have that human planet yeah planet. exactly like they still definitely follow the greater good mm-hmm. just that not the ethereals yeah um which is i i wonder okay so the greater good was brought by the ethereals yeah and they use it as well, no, they they believe in it as well. They believe that like everything belongs in their in a place in its place within the greater good within the Tao Empire. Everything has a place. If you yeah. don't, it means you shouldn't exist, really. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how he can differentiate the greater good outside and say that the ethereals have no place in the greater good. Like what? So there's no ethereals there. Because if there were, yeah. you know, they would uh, automatically attempt to assume control of this Farsight Enclave. Sure. So, in the Ethereal's interpretation of the greater good, they stand at the top. Yeah. So, how I wonder how much the greater good has changed for him to no longer be about a strict hierarchy of authority led by the Ethereal's, and now it is an open book where... Uh, everyone should be involved in the greater good if we're working together, but you should also have the freedom to do whatever drives you and and answer the questions you need. So it's it's the greater good, but I think it's altered. It it can't exist in the same form. I think it's almost expanded with all of his new knowledge. Like, the greater good was everyone has their place, even these other races and stuff, they can all join and they can do their job. Um, but with Farsight, it's more free. So yes, there's a greater good. Everyone has their place, but it isn't determined by the Ethereals. You're not just a firecast. You can if determine you think, your own place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so instead of here's your place, make your place. Yeah. 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 I kind of always saw it as like a very hierarchical, uh, kind of utilitarian hmm. sort of system where you do what you're supposed to do and mm-hmm. you do it for everyone. You just, you do your job yeah. and everyone does their own job and it works I, yeah. but farsight is expanding on that to make it much freer it's like yeah. you don't have to just do your job like there's the earth cast guy in the eight who pilots a suit and yeah. fights with the fire mm-hmm. cast like yeah. you can do your job 
and to kind of expand into other jobs as well, mm-hmm, depending yeah. on what if drives you, you or what you're else good at. Yeah, that, mm. you that, could be better at. Yeah, go do it. Yeah, yeah. The one thing too about Tao, like they are the casts are very different. Like I got this picture pulled up mm-hmm. here, like even um, biologically different. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, like and um oh, i love how mean that fire warrior looks he just looks so big you know yeah so like fire warriors are still naturally going to tend to be fire warriors and stuff like mm-hmm. earth casts they probably have a slightly bigger brain they can actually understand stuff better like who yeah, knows there's genetic predispositions it, within each of them exactly so yeah. they it's not like every every person is like now following their own path but if yeah. they want to but if they want to they have yeah. the freedom to like do you likely that. won't see an air cast become a fire warrior just no. because well not only are they <laughs> so like spindly but their yeah. bones themselves are, yeah. i believe hollow yeah yeah to kind of help their yeah. space flight yeah mm-hmm. but hey who knows maybe it, if you wanted to i have could. i have said before that mm-hmm. like the greater good as it exists in the tau empire seems naive and it seems like it's not taking into an account like it it works great on a really in small the galaxy. scale, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. But as soon as you start adding in like actual truth from the galaxy, sure. then it it falls apart very quickly, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So Farsight yeah, might just be like the next iteration of the greater good, one that has come to terms with the fact that they're in a galaxy that has these unknown things that don't fit in the greater good like demons don't Demon fit in the greater good orcs yeah. don't fit tyranids yeah, don't yeah. Fit. but and there's no like you could find an orc that fits in the greater good you really could there I guess are in theory you could yeah, yeah. Buddhas. and there are anomalies within the orc race like a single orc could potentially find his way into the greater good but you're right mm-hmm. a tyranid no tyrannid is ever going to join the greater good right and there are lots of like weird fucking aliens out there that you could say that to like absolutely uh, yeah, yeah. And and I think that he's kind of understanding that there are things that don't fit with their understanding because they're trying to apply this greater good philosophy to the entirety of the galaxy and say, no, it's e- you're either like with us or against us or whatever. But yeah. he's saying there's things that just don't fall into these categories. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's not just black and white. Yeah, yeah. he's there, there's varying shades. And, and if there are, then, you know, we can be varying shades and, and we can have the body of a fire cast but the mind of an earth cast you know sure. that that perspective or whatever so yeah. it just he seems much more fluid in his understanding yeah of life well that's because really. he went to the water planet that's and right yeah meditated mm-hmm. on the fluid in the bottom of, of the ocean <laughs> yes <laughs> found wisdom that day so this is pretty far off but you're saying an orc could possibly believe in the greater good and orcs are not a big orc person but they like shed spores and 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 clone pretty much or do they clone or is that orc then have its own thoughts and he could not believe in the greater good and they'd just be yeah yeah they just yeah. grow like asexually yeah, right? okay. yeah so but they're yeah. mushrooms i yeah. do like i think orcs can be philo- like we have the beast he was a philosopher yeah. so we know they're capable yeah. of like very complicated like thoughts Thought. more than humans yep you know, like if orcs elevate themselves enough, so. But even like, even if they're not like super thoughtful, like, what if you just kept paying orc and teeth to be a fire warrior, essentially? Well, like, so that's how like our crew part of the greater good. No, or no they they're just, So that's how I would view that orc. Then mm. it's just a merc. Yeah, sure, sure. So sure. not necessarily a. Bel- I think being a part of the greater good means you have to accept the philosophy of the greater. Fair good. Fair enough. Yeah, sure, like sure. you could be part of the Tau Empire. 
Yes, but as not necessarily but, within the greater good. Yeah, yeah. but I do like think Cruton Vespids. Yeah, I do think an orc could technically yeah. believe in the greater good. Mm. So yeah. it's I, I'm not saying it's likely. No, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm with untold you. Untold galaxy. I'm, I'm with you. You know, there's yeah. one orc out there who's just dying to find his <laughs> find place. <this. laughs> and there has to be trillions of them. There's got to be at least exactly. one. Exactly. There's just, just one, numbers. One little orc out there. Yeah. No, he's a big orc. Could actually. even be a Gretchen. I was gonna say yeah, it's one of the Gretchen. little ass guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Just need to find one. <laughs> All it takes is the one. <laughs> so Ooh. I got some some rants building. After reading all the technology that the eight have, yeah, oh boy. there's just so much fucking bullshit. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. Um, okay, so you can put AI, AI into battle suits and have them work perfectly 100% tip top. Yeah. They can keep pace. Why the fuck do you have fire warriors? Yeah, what need do you have of putting your people on the line of battle when if you, you can just, just put AI systems Yeah, you can in. just attach AI to guns. Why would you ever need anything other than that? Yeah. Um, well, you guys talked about this a bit earlier, like, with their, their drones, they have the AI in it, right? And yeah. And it gets stronger the more drones that are around. It could be a thing of, the drones will run away if they calculate that this battle is going to be a loss. Yeah. Whereas a fire warrior might be like, no, I was sent here by the ethereals to fight. Sure. And save this. My, my counter to that is, the AI, like... Specifically, Shasphere. It's not, an, it's not an AI. It's a copy of a body. Oh yeah, right. right. Is, yeah. Because so I, I agree with you person. if they use like mm-hmm. the Tau drone AI. Yeah. I would agree with you. They yeah, like, like copied his consciousness and sure. inserted like, it into the yeah. suit. You could literally they they fucking copied Pure Tide, the exactly. best military yeah. commander. How is he not piloting every battle suit ever? Yeah. If yeah. you have that there's, ability, there's weird plot holes, and I think that's mm-hmm. a huge one. It's just the fact that obviously they can digitize it and they can just duplicate it. Yeah. How are they not just filling their battle suits with these things, <laughs> yeah. with tiny little chips, as opposed to spending years training warriors on how to do it? Yeah. You know? It, it's just one of those things where I think, like, somebody Gold. just... Yeah, some some author's just like, this would be cool without Without realizing. thinking of the implications <laughs> yes. like, of but what it, it means. So this is what happens every time I do a Tau episode. Tau is my first army I ever collected. Like, I, I used to really, really like Tau. I still do to some degree but every time me and eric plan one of these episodes i just get angry like because we just find <laughs> anger anger more, flows through his body yeah we just find more and more bullshit where we're just like well what the fuck is this now like yeah. um yeah and at this point there's so much written it's impossible to take it all back <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I can't think of a single way to fill every hole that we find no, yeah yeah, yeah uh, running out of ways to justify things yeah. so. gonna name them like Welcome to episode 69, Mark Gets Angry, part five. <laughs> part five. <laughs> this is a 62-part series. Yeah. On explaining the plot holes within the Tau yeah. lore. Yeah. So, we, we've gone over, like, a bunch of, like, the the Tau time shenanigans and, like, yeah. how none of Stasis that Stasis fucking... is another huge problem. Yeah. It's that, just... Like, Shadow Sun also yeah, trained under Pure Tide. With Farsight. With Farsight. <laughs> But she's fought in many battles. Yeah. yeah. Why are they not just neurochipping her as well? Yeah. Why, why are they how, not? How is she even alive at this point? Yeah. She doesn't have these micro drones. She doesn't have a sword. She doesn't have a sword. <laughs> Chronophagic sword. <laughs> yeah. How is she alive? Yeah. There's just stasis for her, but yeah. it takes so much time. Yeah. Like 
She's definitely been alive for over 50 years. There's no way she hasn't. Yeah, like in like, all the times that she's been frozen and unfrozen. And even frozen to just and... become a Shasso, it's going to take you... Um, there's, Isn't it like over like 20, 20 years? years? 25. So for every step or every rank, it takes five years to yeah. do your trial of fire. And I think there's six different things. And so it's... Yeah, you're not starting when you're four. Exactly. So she's know? already old. Yeah. It's... Like, so, anyways, that's yeah, like yeah. the time we've, we've is a big one. This. Yeah, like the micro drones, they have the technology to mm-hmm. keep people alive. Why yeah. don't they spread that? Yeah, to um, like they can clone people, and you can digitize your consciousness. <laughs> so, the like, I don't know. It's just how is that technology not widely given? They have so many ways to extend life. Yeah, and for some reason, all of them are one-offs. Yeah, yeah. Now, is it? Is it that the Tau Empire itself had these technologies to begin with, or were they developed within the Farsight enclaves, and that's why no one else has them? Uh, depends on what talk technology mm-hmm. we're talking about. Like those like nanobots the, and like yeah, like, like the cloning of I, that one dude. Yeah, that, that seems like that's specifically in, in Farsight. Yeah, um, but like the the Puritide nanochip, that's that's across before. the empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it cloning depends. is across the empire, though. I don't. You think only the enclaves have the ability to clone? I think only that one guy. Um, I'm trying. Let's read. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah always, I don't know if it's across. Again, yeah. a one-off thing that probably doesn't break it down too much. No, yeah. And it's just like, oh, this guy's like, oh, this would be cool if he's maybe actually a clone. But it's like, that has big ramifications, bud. You can't yeah. just write that. You can't just say that there's clones. You can't just around. say that. It, it's like, just... Because it's like, we're, like, we're pretty close. Other people. We're yeah. pretty close to cloning. Like, in our level of technology, it seems crazy that... I mean, they've done, they it, they've done it to sheep. Yeah. Yeah. The sheep only lived for, yeah. like, a couple of years, though. Yeah. But we need to give them a we like sword. Like, we can't it. even space travel, beginning. and we were yeah. beginning to there's experiment a, with cloning, right? There's a, yeah. It's a long way off before we start cloning Perfection, people to, yeah. like... Sure, acceptable standards. Yeah, sure. But even. we don't we don't have space flight yet, even. But yeah, the technology is kind of there yeah we're getting there so it's just it seems odd to me that i don't know it exists somewhere and it isn't immediately accessible to everywhere because yeah. the tau empire is so tiny yeah like you know unva how does he not have a clone yeah why are they still just using projections for him yeah like there's no way they don't have his body ready for cloning yeah. or something yeah anywho or that's right chip of him too yeah how yeah. did they not chip him yeah and put him in an AI. Put him in another. Put him, put him in a or robot. Put him in the, like, the next highest Ethereum. Yeah, exactly. Put him exactly. in a robot and then stretch that robot over with skin to ah. make like a cyborg. Ah. <laughs> Missed out fire him. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I'm on fire. Shaving his legs. <laughs> yeah. Uh. There's, the Tau needs a lot of work and mm. I, I don't know. So the next point that, was we kind of already went. Oh, over okay, that. okay. Yeah, I brought it up well, earlier. In that case, what do you guys hate about the towel? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. We love them. We love them. Close quarters on the tabletop. Mm, that's fun. I mm, love that. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, it's okay. Just... Farsight killed a war boss before he even had the Dawnblade yeah, in so single combat. Just got to play Farsight on Clays <laughs> and then you can run Melee Tau. We're doing it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Mark knows how to run Melee I'm Tau. Throw it fucking Melee Tau. Breachers. Yeah. Breachers. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> huh. Was it those photon grenades as well? They can help, yeah. Can help. yeah. Minus ones to hit, so. I always forget to throw them, but. And don't I they know subtract from the. Uh, opponent's charge as well um 
Or is that a psychic I, awakening strategy? I think there's a like strategy overcharge that you the can, photon grenades. Yeah, that it's just a that regular it, one. It's not in psychic because okay. I was looking at it when we were playing and got wrecked. Oh, okay. <laughs> bringing custodies. Yeah. 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 Well, that's I think the episode. Yeah, that's that's the Farsight expedition. So it's the story of a lone warrior <laughs> journeying. There's betrayal, love, depression. I guess the big takeaway. Resurgence, victory. (laughs) And finally, peace. (laughs) (laughs) Aha. Aha. I guess the big takeaway is uh, ethereals don't have mind control abilities. Oh, is that your takeaway? That's That's not my takeaway. And that um, it's all just indoctrination. What's broken. the difference between that and mind control? If you mind control the, someone from birth, it's still mind control. If I indoctrinate no, no, you so no, much that no, you believe no, but, anything I say, I'm controlling what you think. Sure, sure, but I, they don't have an actual like psychic ability to mind control. Because in 300 years, how is an ethereal not just rocked up and be like, okay, guys, you're back in the empire What if they just now. kill them? But how do you kill him? He just mind controlled you. What if you shoot the ship he's coming in from kilometers away? He just mind pew, control. Pew, pew, pew. I don't know. Uh, you could smuggle somebody There's in. a bubble. There's a bubble, right? Sure. Around whatever they can do. Anyways, there is apparently a ethereal on his way to the enclaves. Mm-hmm. On she. That one. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't find what the vision of on she was. Interesting. But uh, on she himself is like a pretty famous ethereal. Yeah. Famous for wanting to fight alongside his fire cast. Yeah. He is a model. Uh, yeah. yeah, and apparently he's on his way to the enclaves. Sure. I think, I think the mind control, in my perspective, is null and void because if you look at them when the enclaves when they were going out and chasing the orcs, they had his those people there. Yeah, were were no. more willing to follow Farsight than these two or however many ethereals yeah. they had. Yep. So I feel like it's the greater good that drives the Tau. And whoever they see, um, embody it. I yeah, guess. embody it is who they'll follow. So when this ethereal does get to the enclaves, I don't think he'll magically change half of the enclave to fight against. Because yeah, they've been the loyal enclave. to Farsight for yeah. so long. Yeah, or even like join the enclaves and then lead the enclaves himself. Like I don't think that would happen no, either. Like I don't think Farsight well, there's will let that I don't happen. think there's any room for ethereals in. Mm. The far side on yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would be destroyed at that point. It would just be refolded back. Yeah, in, but, but, yeah. and yeah. I got into this huge argument with a buddy about that about uh, Tau mind control. I'm just like, name one example of like that happening because he was convinced there is a story. Of it's this just one single, fire warrior yes, who exactly. kills himself, herself, herself. Yeah, yeah. The, but the, that the doesn't mean ethereal it's mind forces, control. and she adamantly is like no like don't make me do this don't and he tells her to do it and she does yeah but that could so. just be f- like life that- preservation i don't want to kill myself yeah but, if- but why would you still do it then if you're because everything in you is screaming no but if you believe in something so much like fucking suicide cults like they mm-hmm. believe in their leaders yeah. so much like they don't want to fucking kill themselves but they believe like well this you don't is- think that's an aspect of mind control saved. It's so, like indoctrination again. That right? doesn't like, yeah, mean yeah. it's not mind no, control. No, no. If you indoctrinate say, so heavily, oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Um, if you indoctrinate something so heavily, it kind of blurs the line between like just 
pure indoctrination or like some kind of telekinetic mind control like that kind of becomes one in the same that's the big word telekinetic like mm-hmm. i don't think the ethereals have that type of ability mm-hmm. yes it is still mind control to indoctrinate somebody from birth that is definitely mind control but i think typically when people talk about ethereal mind control they lean more heavily in that psychic um aspect of it yeah there's definitely things in the galaxy that we don't understand and anytime we see something that we can't fully explain, we love to attribute warp to it. Because sure. it's easy. I was going to say, is there more powers than just the warp that would be able to mind control? Like, things we don't understand? Absolutely. Like, the Necron are capable of things that nobody even thinks is possible. Like, the homunculi covens in, like, Kamora can do things with flesh that are impossible. Mm-hmm. Like, turn a person into like a ring and they can keep it alive <laughs> they can rewrite definitely like yeah I don't like that at all they can rewrite genetics right so if the ethereals like- had some way to manipulate people that wasn't related to the war but yeah. isn't something that we understand currently um whether it's pure philosophy or whether there is something biological uh, to it, or even just physics, some understanding of science that they have that allows them to do this. Like I'm, I'm not ruling it out just because I, there's so much out there. So mm-hmm. if if they come out at one point and they confirm that it's pure philosophy, then sure, yeah, it's just another form of mind control, in my opinion, just this sure. indoctrination. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be psychic for me to still be malicious it's still like i i can't it's hard for me to look at the Mm -hmm. ethereals in any light other than some manipulative group of beings and that is it's probably going to stay there forever (laughs) over there i know (laughs) i'll win you over one day eric to my my when you support me through my expedition, and you bring yeah. me the resources I need and the reinforcements, uh, and you the commit. Yeah. <laughs> if you commit to killing the Orc Empire of Alsanta, then we'll ah, talk. Okay, okay. Now I yeah. know what it takes. I just, I think there's a lot out there. It doesn't have to be psychic. Psychic is just the easy, easy explanation. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think didn't they like vivisect a, an ethereal at one point and it had trouble understanding what it was yeah 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 and they sometimes they think it's pheromones but then once again like how did farsight say no to the pheromones i guess they're not overpowering they just kind of help but yeah I, it's it's one of those weird things because farsight is a very strong-willed character but even his men yeah weren't mm-hmm. tipping to them i think like it could just it could be a combination as well. It mm-hmm. could be that some pheromones just make you more easier to suggest things to you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, if I if I put on my manly musk, are you yeah. more willing to take your shirt off for me now? Yeah. And Already done. See exactly, right? <laughs> but like it's I, easy. I think the big thing is like you can say no. Like yeah, it might help, but people have said no to it. Yeah. It's well, not just Farsight that. has said no to it. Is there any example other than Farsight? Everyone in it's, his enclave. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like. They're following his greater good. Sure. Right? And, like... Sure. I think even the Ethereals, if they had wanted to, they could have ordered his people to rise up against Farsight. Because, like... Maybe. We know his immediate followers were very loyal, but did some weird fire cast that has never even met 
Farsight before, would he also have denied an Ethereal's order? Dude's never met Farsight, never fought with him, doesn't have any loyalty to Farsight, right? Because at the beginning of the Farsight expedition, they would have gotten a bunch of new people. That single Firecast warrior still would have said yes to an Ethereal before saying yes to Farsight. He was also portrayed as an amazing Tau commander, and there could be a little bit of, like... Yeah, we're going to war with the freaking hero, Farsight. Yeah. It could be a bit of loyalty in that sense and still just by default, but yeah, I don't know if it would be quite More to the same the extent that you're like, you've fought with Farsight for so long, you know him personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I, I think when Farsight said no to the Ethereal, my guess is that happens behind closed doors. Sure, I sure, do sure, not sure. think that his disobedience of the Ethereal was proclaimed and oh, advertised and because as soon yeah, yeah, as he yeah, did yeah. that because that was at the very beginning yeah. of this expedition and then they would have lost all faith in the ethereals immediately after that point sure. but they're there all the way to Arthas Moloch yeah. so mm-hmm. it might have been him and just his crew that were there for him to say no to the ethereals yeah. and yeah, then the yeah. ethereals decided alright it's better for us to save face and just go along with this orc thing sure. than proclaim that he has you know, left us. So that doesn't necessarily mean like I, I more definitely see that him and his small group, that tight knit group, they definitely are on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it took until all the ethereals died. Yeah. I was going to say when they died, that's the point to round them all up and get them back. That's the true point where they're willing to actually step away from it. I don't think the regular soldier could actually have looked at an ethereal and said, no, Mm mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> You'll allow it. Th- so gracious, Mark. Thank <laughs> you. Ha. Ah, okay. Well, boys, thanks for uh, joining us. It's yeah. good. Yeah, thanks for having us. For having well, us. before we end, uh, we're just going to thank our new members of the Imperial Tithe. Um, so huh. our Imperial Tithe is... Yeah, sweet font. What is well, that? you know what? It's not Comic Sans, so we're doing all right. Uh, the Imperial Tithe is our what we call our Patreon. Um, if you haven't heard by now, we are recording these visually, videoly? Yeah, videoly is what Vi- we're yeah, going videoly. with. Yeah, videoly. We videoly That's record we these things <laughs> and uh, release them to our Patreon members. Uh, so if you want to check that out, just uh, go to our Patreon. It's just search for Lorehammer. It's pretty easy to find. Yeah. You can't miss it. But even if you don't want to watch videos, still go support us. Yeah. Um, takes time and effort to do this. And if you've listened this far. Yeah, if you're 120 <laughs> episodes in, you know. Throw us a buck. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to list all the people that are on our Patreon. So we have thanks to Eric, Sasha, Shadowblade, Severin, Joshua, Horvalder, Bjorvald, I don't know. It's a weird knot. That's like a TH sound. Like Thorvalder? Yeah. All right, I accept. Uh, Mark, Andreas, Brad, Fate94, Thomas, Wanders and Gets Lost, <laughs> Steven, Richie, Vochik, 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 I don't know. Uh, Thank you to that person. <laughs> uh, Alec, Keldon, Vika, Dan, Coulter, Alexander, Hans, Nick, Dovathor, Ruben, Dovathor again? That's a double. That's no good. Chris, T, 
T-Buck, and Sean. So thank you to all our new subscribers to our Patreon. We uh, very much appreciate yeah, your support. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. Um, yeah, fuck. I don't know what to say sometimes about that. No, it's, it's, it's encouraging <laughs> to see it's people that people find value enough to spend their money on yeah. it. So, yeah, it's nice. Even just a buck. Even a buck means well, more to me than what? That's half a Tim Horton's coffee. <laughs> sure. I'll get a double-double. <laughs> yeah. A buck is more than 50 cents. Exactly. So, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. It's more than the zero I have right now. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Thanks, well, everyone. that was episode 75, the Farsight Expedition. Thanks, Logan Corbin, for joining yeah. us. It was yeah. awesome yeah, to have you guys yeah. hang out. Um, and I guess we'll see you next week. Or not next week, next episode. Yeah, on the flippity flop. I think we got Chaos episode coming up next. So excited. In true fashion. Because, you know, Farsight is... He's, uh, a, he's a chaos spawn. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>